0: Chapter 11 I Had No Idea We arrived at Vega's home just after dark. The outside lights of a large house at the end of a long driveway that reminded me of how Wayne Manor looked in the original Tim Burton Batman film, which I watched over and over again when I was a kid, slowly grew brighter and brighter as we approached them. It seemed at the time as if Vega had been deliberately taking his time at arriving at his home however it is highly possible that this impression that i had was just all in my imagination i was incredibly nervous i was i was literally shaking in my seat as vega parked the mercedes directly in the front of the double doors of his epic and impressive looking home I had no idea that writers were this rich. I mean, Stephen King and J.K. Rowling maybe, with all the books that they have written. But if Vega's house was anything to go by, at least from the outside, then he was not just any writer. He must be a member of the British aristocracy or something. Maybe even royalty, I thought. The Mercedes came to a stop, and then Vega quickly opened the driver's side door, he stepped out onto the gravel-covered driveway, he closed the door behind him, and then, as if by magic, he almost instantaneously appeared on the passenger side of the car and began to slowly open the passenger side door to my left. Slowly, Vega revealed himself to me, as I just sat there in the passenger seat of his mercedes quivering in a state of unbridled insettlement I looked up at him and into his eyes as he stood tall in the darkness with only the slight reflection from the light outside his home and that of the ambient moonlight upon his eyes to hint that he was really there and not a hallucination I was I was completely hypnotised and under his spell by this point, and when he held out his right hand to me, I did not hesitate to take it and allow myself to be guided out of the car and into the night. Within no time at all, Vega and I were walking through the automatically opening front doors of his house and entering his home without pause. Vega's home was decorated in red hues from floor to ceiling from the decor of his furniture to the colour of his curtains. It was like walking into the crimson realm of someone's or something's beating heart, if you want to get all poetic about it. I lost sight of Vega for a moment, as I looked up and then around at the grand hallway that you walked into when you entered the house directly through the front doors, which appeared to stretch for miles in front of me. The artwork and the sculptures that adorned the walls and were on display, the pattern of the long carpet beneath my feet were all entrancing to my senses, and that was why I was periodically distracted from keeping track of where I was and where Vega was also. After walking slowly in silence for a few moments, while bathed in the red lighting that emanated from every direction, I finally heard what I can only describe as a wisp of sound, at the same time that the hairs on the back of my neck stood up, as if I could sense that somebody was standing right behind me. I slowly turned my head, and then I jumped slightly when I realised that it was Vega who was standing behind me, with a smile on his face, with both hands behind his back and with a look in his mesmerising, now crimson-coloured eyes which instantly made me shiver with utter excitement, I might add. What do you think? asked Vega, as he looked me straight in the eye. I looked around, and then I returned Vega's gaze, however all the while wanting to say, Yeah, it's nice, very nice, but in reality I couldn't say a word. Welcome to my home. Welcome to my sanctuary. Welcome to my palace of peace and solitude. Welcome to the place where I rest, the place where I dream, the place where I write, the place that very few people have visited or have ever seen, said Vega with an exuberant smile as I just continued to stare dumbfounded into his sparkling eyes. This house has been here for a very long time, and before it another structure once stood right here for a considerable period of time, before it was remade, you could say. And I, well, I've lived here for a very long time, even longer than both of the structures that I speak of combined. So I guess you could say that I know this place as well as I know myself, said Vega as he put his right hand onto my left forearm and he began to guide me further down the long red hallway. Would you care for something to drink? Something to eat, perhaps? Normally I would have someone prepare you something, however, if you so wish, I can easily make a meal for you that I am sure will captivate and satisfy your appetite. I. I... I tried to talk, but I could not for the life of me make a successful string of cogent and understandable sentences with my mouth, however on the inside I was screaming, make that the wolf was howling. Where am I, and why am I here? Even though I believed that I had given my full consent to have been brought to Vega's home, I still did not know if I was in a place of safety or one of peril. After all, I still did not know who Vega was at this point, nor for sure if this man really was Vega. Olivia, I, I, I'm sure that you're wondering why I've brought you here, and I know that you're asking yourself, who am I? And before anything else happens, I feel bound to tell you a few things about myself, namely my passions and the world in which I have been at the centre of for most of my existence. However, before that, Olivia, I feel I must tell you something else, something important said Vega, as he guided me further down the red hallway until we reached a large wooden staircase that appeared to rise in twists and turns as far as the eye could see and into the darkness that lay above. Climbing every step of that staircase was like stepping into the dark of the night sky outside. All the while, Vega did not look away from me for a second. It was as if he knew his home so well that even if he could not see where he was going, he always knew where he was. Olivia, I am I have been from the moment that I laid my eyes upon you, I knew that there was something special about you. And now that I know even more about you, I'm convinced that we have always been destined to meet. You see, Olivia, I I'm older than I appear. I'm older than you could know. I've been walking this planet and I've been surviving in this world longer than many of my kind, mostly because from the time of my birth and my subsequent rebirth, I've had a destiny. I've met countless people in my time on Earth. However, you are. you are special. You are a wolf in sheep's clothing, literally said Vega, as I just continued to allow myself to be guided by the hand up the huge staircase. However, it was as I replayed in my mind that last phrase that he used about me being a wolf in sheep's clothing, that I came out of my daze for a few moments and I asked, You... you know me. You... you know what I am. However, Vega said nothing in reply and just continued to lead me up the many steps of the staircase. Within moments, Vega and I reached the third floor of his mansion-sized home and then we slowly entered a huge and cavernous bedroom with what looked like a king-sized wooden four-poster bed at its centre. The bright light of the moon streamed in through the tall, uncovered windows as Vega and I stepped into the bedroom. Olivia, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you that I am, I am, said Vega calmly and slowly, and then he opened his mouth ever so slightly for an instant and I saw what I thought were two very sharp-looking fangs protruding from just behind his upper lip, which were definitely longer than any normal human teeth that I had seen before. However, at this point, I did not have a firm grasp on what was real, even when what I saw was right in front of me. Olivia, I am... I'm in love with you. I'm so, so, so absolutely ensorceled and intoxicated by you that I can no longer hide the truth of my feelings for you. I, I, I've not felt this way for a long time. Of course, I've written about this kind of love in my books, but I've not experienced this kind of instant intoxication for many years. You are... you are the object of my affections and the love that I have been waiting for. You are a creature of the night, just as I am, said Vega, as he guided me over to the four-poster bed, and then he stopped, and then he stared at me in perfect silence for a few moments, just before he and I sat down on the giant bed and he leaned in close to my face, and then he said... Olivia, I, I, said Vega, as he put both of his hands on either side of my face. He closed his eyes as I closed mine. And then I felt the gentle touch of his lips against mine. And then we, and then we. It all happened so fast. It all happened so spontaneously. One moment we were sitting on the edge of the bed, and then the next we were, we were, we were having sex. It was wild. It was passionate. It felt, it felt dangerous at times. However, most likely due to my inability to stop myself from being totally dominated by Vega's tangible hunger and his need to give me pleasure while at the same time seemingly taking pleasure from every moment of our lustful, exciting, breathtaking, sexual maelstrom and dance with one another. I too could not help myself from taking over at times and naturally attempting to dominate Vega and take control over every position and opportunity to show pleasure and to seek pleasure for myself. We must have made love for the majority of the night and for most of the hours of the early morning in almost complete darkness, with only the twilight glow of the moon and the stars for illumination. And every second felt unbelievable, incredible, phenomenal, fantastic. And I never wanted it to end for anything. The way he touched me, the way that he caressed my skin. The way he felt was mind-blowing and overwhelming to every one of my senses and my instincts. His tenderness, his veracity when the moment called for it. His instincts, the way that he knew what to do and when, told me that he was somehow able to read my mind and my body language sufficiently enough for him to be able to act like I was his every and only desire. It was like we were two flames of a fire within a raging and bubbling volcano of hot lava. Because it was hot. It was uncontrollable. It was explosive. And it was like nothing else I'd ever known. And, for my part, I can tell you that I was totally and utterly in love with Vega as we both shared our bodies, our hearts and our spirits with one another. Eventually, Vega and I did just lay there with one another and each other's arms, periodically just looking into each other's eyes and kissing each other on the lips without even uttering a single word, however, somehow knowing what we were both thinking. I could not help myself. No matter how impulsive it might seem to someone else listening to this story, I I really and truly had fallen deeply in love with Vega over and over again before we had even met after we had met and when we first made love all night long and into the early morning Vega's greatest gift was that he could easily take my breath away even if it were only with a single stare he was breathtaking And when he touched me, he honestly made every one of the hairs on my skin stand on end as if his hands were able to conduct electricity. Just as the early morning light began to shine just below the horizon, I awoke to find that Vega was nowhere to be found and I was alone. And I lied comfortably in his giant silk-sheeted four-poster bed. I looked up to the tall window that appeared to stretch from floor to ceiling, and as I did, and as I took a deep intake of breath, I looked on, completely hypnotised by the golden and majestic light of the sun rising, until the curtains seemingly decided to automatically start to close all by themselves, and obscure my view and my opportunity to witness the dawn of a brand new day. When the blood red curtains did finally close to completely cover the huge window behind them the whole room was soon bathed in red light as a burst of what must have been sunlight started to shower through the red curtains and I felt as if I were waking up from a dream while at the same time within another dream. The explosive light from the new day's sunrise diminished in intensity almost immediately and for more than a few moments I just lay there where I was in a state of complete and utter contentment. I felt as if I knew I shouldn't be where I was, but I was glad that I was where I was, if that makes sense. And I didn't even think to worry about anything because I was so in my element and because I'd never felt so enlivened. The wolf? The wolf was still there, of course, But they were now again in the shadows of my soul, as if they were sulking at the fact that I had made what to them was an act of selfishness, and though I was sorry that the wolf was seemingly disappointed in my actions, I still did not regret anything that had happened. Making love to Vega, and Vega making love to me, made me feel happier than I had felt in a long time. I laid in silence for what seemed like a full hour, and then I heard the click and the clack of a door latch, and soon after I felt the caress of Vega's lips upon my neck as he approached me from behind, and I just, I just closed my eyes, I breathed in deep, and I felt another overwhelming flood of emotions and feelings of excitement, which peaked when he put his mouth up to my left ear and he whispered, Good morning Olivia, and I i was unable to control myself from smiling from ear to ear as my heart was beating rapidly in my chest, and then I felt this uncontrollable want and need to see Vega's face again and to kiss him on the lips, which is exactly what I did immediately after I rolled over and I met his mesmerising gaze, and I stroked his face on either side with the thumbs of both of my hands. And then, after I finally forced myself to pull away from his lips and his amazing kiss, I just laid there looking at him as I analysed every millimetre of his perfect and handsome face. He was. he was unlike anybody I'd ever known or had ever met. He was like a god to me in that moment, as I looked into his eyes and as deep into his soul as I could. Hello, I replied as I stared into his eyes. How are you? asked Vega with a smile as he stared into my eyes and he gently stroked the right-hand side of my face. I'm... I'm great, I replied with a smile as I tried to control the raging storm of emotions within me from breaking free and manifesting themselves into a hysterical sounding giggle of complete and utter happiness and elation. ''Did you sleep?'' asked Vega, as he sat down on the bed beside me. ''I... well, to be honest... not really,'' I replied, as I continued to grin from ear to ear. ''Maybe an hour, if I were to guess,'' I said, as I propped myself up onto the bed with my left arm and sat up to meet Vega's gaze. ''You? Did you sleep?'' ''I... I did.'' in a manner of speaking. However, sometimes this soft bed is far too comfortable for me to sleep in. And how could I, or anybody, possibly sleep when they have a beautiful woman like you in their bed? replied Vega, with a handsome smile. He was so handsome, so charming. He was such a, such a, such a lady killer, if you know what I mean. He always knew all the right things to say to make my heart race away with itself. Really? I replied. Is that right? I asked playfully as I smiled gleefully. I bet. I bet you say that to all the women who find themselves in this bed, I said jokingly. However, after I said it, I saw a noticeable change in Vega's facial expressions as if what I had said had affected him emotionally to the degree that his almost constant warm smile quickly faded into a disparaging grimace. Vega got up off the bed. He stood up, and then he looked down upon me. Why? Why would you say such a thing? Vega replied, noticeably annoyed. Excuse me? I said. What did I say? I asked with surprise in my voice, because at the time I was truly oblivious to what I might have said to offend Vega. Do you... Do you think that I invite everybody and anybody to share my bed with me? Do you? Do you think that I would choose to have sex with anybody who caught my eye? Do you? Do you think that I that I open my heart and my home to just anyone?" said Vega angrily, and he was very angry, and rightfully so, I have to say. As I told you last night, very few people have been given the privilege of being invited into my home. I told you last night that you... that you are special, Olivia. So why, why? Why would you question my intentions? said Vega, as he stood with his hands upon both of his hips, and so angry, quite understandably, because at the time he was under the false belief that I thought I was merely the latest in a long line of other women who Vega had invited back to his home to sleep with. I, I, I was only joking. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said, desperately trying to convince Vega and alleviate him of any fear that he may have that I believed that he only had nefarious reasons for inviting me into his home and his bed. I'm sorry, I said again, as I kneeled on the bed and I attempted to reach up my right hand so that I could lay it upon the left-hand side of Vega's face. Please, please forgive me. Olivia, I... I do not want you to ever think of me in such a way. I... I am... There are many things about me that you do not know. And I am by no means an angel. Far from it, in fact. I am the antithesis of heavenly. However, I... I... What I want you to know is that to me, you are not just anybody. To me, you are special. For many reasons. But... But I can understand why... Why you might not believe me. After all, you... You do not really know me. Do you? You don't know who nor what I am, said Vega, as he allowed my right hand to touch his face ever so slightly so that I could feel the softness of his skin. I'm sorry. I, I, I've never met anybody like you in my life. It has been... It has been a very long time since anybody made me feel as amazing as you do. Believe me, I do not think you just pick up women willy nilly off the street every day. It's just that all this, you, it all just seems so magical and amazing, and I find it hard to believe that it is already happening. And And if you truly knew who I was, and what I was, what I've been through, and what I'm still going through every day, then maybe you would understand why, why I would be so, so, I replied with regret in my voice as tears started to fall from my eyes. It's, it's alright Olivia, I, I do understand that at this moment in your life everything might seem as if your whole world has been turned upside down. After all, I know more than you think I do. And that is why. that is why I think. why I think it is time that you returned home, said Vega, as he took a step back and withdrew his face from my touch as I felt like the bed and the entire floor beneath me had just fallen away. I... I will make arrangements for you to be returned to your home, and I... I will arrange for someone to retrieve your car from the school where you work and have the much-needed repairs made to it to allow it to be driven effectively. I... I... I too am sorry, Olivia, said Vega, solemnly and with both hands behind his back, as he took a further step away, until he was out of my reach. I just sat there in silence, replaying, taking in and trying to make sense of what Vega had just said, his, his unmistakable rejection of me, and seemingly all because of that stupid joke that I made that stupid conclusion that I drew, and then, and then I watched Vega turn his back on me and walk away from me and out of the bedroom, leaving me behind and alone as I attempted to come to terms with the reality of what had just happened. Soon after, someone, A young man dressed in a black suit, a white shirt and a black tie, who I guessed at the time was someone who worked for Vega, came walking into the bedroom carrying some clothes with both hands. They didn't say anything to me initially as they made eye contact with me, as I continued to sit on the bed in silence with a million and one things racing through my mind. The wolf, however did not make any kind of sound whatsoever from the shadows, which made me feel even more alone and rejected. The young man in the suit, who looked late twenties if I were to have guessed his age from that first appearance, said nothing for a few more seconds, and then he said calmly, We have a car waiting for you outside. Preparations have been made for your vehicle to be towed to a garage where it will be fixed and when the necessary repairs have been made it will be returned to you. We have arranged for some clothes to be procured for you so that you may wear something when you leave and we will shortly dispose of the uniform that you were previously wearing when you arrived here. Unless you two would like it returned to you, said the snooty sounding young man, who sounded like he had a silver spoon quite firmly placed into the side of his mouth for the majority of his life. And then, as quickly as he entered the room, the young blond haired man turned around and left. As I watched the young man walk away, I was. I was angry to say the least. I was annoyed. I was in a state of disbelief. And I was more than a little depressed also, to tell you the truth. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to do. But I decided to take the hint that I was being given and I got up out of bed and I started to get dressed into the clothes that had been given to me a knee-length red satin dress and some black, slightly heeled shoes which actually fit me surprisingly well. And then I waited on the bed, until the young man returned and then weighed with his right hand for me to follow him. And then, slowly but surely, I was escorted down the staircase that I had climbed the night before down the red decorated hallway all the way to the giant double doors that were the front door of Vega's house. And then I, I left. When I walked out into the bright sunlight there was a black Mercedes waiting for me, similar to the one that Vega had been driving when he picked me up from outside the hospital yesterday and I did not hesitate nor question that it was for me as i pulled open the passenger side door and i stepped inside i got into the passenger side of the black mercedes without uttering a single word nor without even looking to my right to see who was driving because i just wanted i just wanted to get away from that place however in retrospect i was in all honesty in two minds about whether i wanted to leave without without at least seeing Vega first. I did not get much time to question if I did in fact want to leave, because more or less as soon as I sat in the passenger seat of the black Mercedes, its driver immediately started to drive away from Vega's house, and the driver did not stop driving for anything until I was back home. When I finally arrived home, I opened the front door of our house with a spare key. I entered. I went upstairs to my bedroom. I stripped myself off the clothes that I had been given to wear. I took off my underwear. And then I lay down on the bed and I cried myself to sleep.